Hey folks, Jeff Wenzel from the Woodshed Agency, and you are listening to my podcast called Successfully Funded. Here we go. Let's turn it up. Turn it up. Yeah! All right, crowdfunders, how is everybody doing? Me? Oh, you, you're asking about me? Well, thank you very much. I'm fighting a little bit of a cold. I've got a runny nose. My throat's a little tingly, so I'm drinking some orange juice. Had my airborne. And, uh, you know, I might sound a little more more sounding, but uh, I'm working on it. Just got to get better. It's been a intense week. I hope everybody else's week is going all right, but this is the first week of my son going to kindergarten. So yesterday was a monumental day. A little bit of tears, I'm not going to lie. The wife had more tears than I did, so uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a man. So in today's episode, because my interview canceled on me this week, that's okay. We're doing it next week. Uh, I sat down with Paul Luan to discuss social media and what that means for your crowdfunding campaign. And we just literally just finished up with our conversation. Um, we dove into curated content, custom content, platforms, um, you know, just overall how to not get overwhelmed because we, we do find with a healthy amount of our clients, it's, we know we're giving you an overwhelming tasks when you have to go out and, and basically become social and, and, and become, you know, an expert in your field or popular on a certain platform or whatever it might be. We know it's a daunting task, but it's a task that must be done. Um, you know, you'll hear Paul say this, but something that we say quite a lot around here is, is crowdfunding, it's the cure, it's the cure, I can't even get it out right now. Let me say it again, or at least try to get it out for the first time. Uh, crowdfunding is the currency of social media. If you're doing well in social media, you will fund. It's that simple. So, that is what is coming up in this episode, Paul and I deep diving into social media and crowdfunding. So, I'm going to break down yesterday a little bit. I... I find it incredibly fascinating when I can stand back from absolute ridiculousness and chaos that is all around me to, to just kind of take a deep breath, stand back, and, and just um, and start to kind of just, just laugh about the odd situations all going on. So let me break down the amount of weirdness yesterday. And I don't know if yesterday was a full moon. I'm not 100% sure. I did not look at that. And I don't know if we are in retrograde, Mercury retrograde. And I'm not a hippie, astrological, probably not even the right word. I don't believe in the planets and the stars and all that stuff. But I do believe in the Mercury retrograde. There is weird stuff that happens when that's around. So I'll need to research that today too. So if somebody out there knows whether or not we're in retrograde, maybe shoot me an email and let me know. So let me break down yesterday. So yesterday... I had two very odd client things go down, um, which were both borderline ridiculousness that both required me to spend an exorbitant amount of time dealing with, which was all completely unnecessary. So, so that was kind of, the, that got the mood going, right? Um, which again, kind of puts you no matter what in a funk, cause you never want to be in this sort of like, oh, do I have to really explain this again or whatever it might be. So that was, that was the kickoff of yesterday's afternoon. Now, this is all post-lunch, right? Now, this is prior, mind you, getting my son to his first day of kindergarten, getting my daughter over to her preschool, figuring out the new routine, packing lunches, packing snacks, just a lot to take in, right? And then the emotionalness of it. So that's the morning. The, The afternoon, like I said, starts with the client stuff. So 
end up handling that, sending out some, you know, uh, you know, get most of those scenarios taken away or taken care of. So then we get to my wife coming home at 3.30 to go pick up my, um, uh, my son. And mind you, in the middle of this, I have uh, a, you know, a lot of crowdfunding calls to take. Uh, so I'm moving some stuff around because here's something that I did wrong is I did not schedule appropriately this week. It's my bad. Uh, I, I use a system called Calendly and it's automated. And I did not schedule to not take calls at three, from 3 to 4.30 when I'm picking up my son. My bad. So I had a couple calls. I moved those off to Sean. So that was a little chaotic, but that happened. Got that done. And you know, so now my wife comes home and we got to go pick up my son. We want to both be there, you know, you know, see how the day was. In that time, it starts to downpour. And I mean a monster, monster downpour, a monsoon. So we only have one umbrella. We know we're going to have to walk. So we drive up to our CVS. I buy a $30 umbrella out of the blue which is ridiculous. I did not think umbrellas would, umbrellas would be that expensive. Get back in the car. And from that point on, and this is no offense to my wife, but she starts drilling me with questions that I do not have answers towards. I don't have any answers. I've never picked up a kindergartner in a car from this school. I've never had a kindergartner until yesterday. So my wife is just peppering me with like, do you think we should go here? I don't know. Do you think we should do this? I don't know. Do you think we should park here? I don't know. Is this where they come out of? I think so. I'm not 100% sure. Should we go to this other parking lot? Sure. All while, this, all while it's raining, all while there's a ton of traffic going around in, in downtown Farmington at this time, and it's a little chaotic. And I'm, I'm, oh, by the way, I'm also riding as a passenger, so I'm, I don't know if you ever saw the Seinfeld episode where Jerry's um, the passenger with a lane driving. That's how he's feeling. Gas break, gas break, just getting nauseous, like, oh my God, what the hell's going on? So end up going to this one spot. We end up parking the car. And when we get out, if it was a monsoon before, it's now a hurricane. It's raining three or four times harder, and our umbrellas are barely keeping up. I'm in flip-flops. My wife's in a long dress. We are soaked. We, it, the umbrellas did nothing. We might as well. The rain was coming in sideways. We might as well have stood outside just in the rain. And we're standing there just waiting for our son to get out. Sun comes out. You know, everybody's excited. He has to get under the umbrella right away. And now, all of a sudden, we're into like, all right, now what do we do? So 3.30, my wife. My daughter doesn't really get out of her school until 4.30 or so. I'm supposed to have a 7 o'clock call. I'm in. It's, ugh, I'm just feeling chaotic, right? Get in the car. You know, ask all the, the questions. You know, how did everything go? How did everything go? Get all those answers. Everything went great, by the way. My, my son loved it. His first word out of the mouth was, the mouth was, this is awesome. So all thumbs up on that. So then it turns into we should go out to eat instead of we have to celebrate. So... My son wants one thing. My daughter wants another thing. My wife doesn't want what my son wants. And I'm like, I don't know. And I, keep, I get back to getting peppered with all the questions. Where should we go? Where should we go? Where should we go? I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. It's 4.30. I'm not even really that hungry. It's 4.30. We usually eat at 6. So wherever we go. So we end up picking between three or four different restaurants. You know, we, we try going one way. My wife is still driving with the pepper and the brakes a lot and the gas, a lot of traffic. We end up getting to this Italian restaurant, which is like we found it on Google because they had pizza. Never been there before. Turns out to be like the fancy kind of expensive Italian restaurant where every meal is 15 bucks no matter what. So it's like, oh, great. So we're like the first ones there minus all uh, an old folks community there because it's five o'clock at this point. Every, you know, it's the uh, early bird special dinner thing. So 
now my kids are we're all wet we're all tired from our big first days long days right um then we get the brand new server it's her first day she's only been training for like a half a day because whatever i'm sure nobody goes to this restaurant when it's all said and done it takes us it must have taken 40 minutes to get some bread my kids were off were just bonkers crazy um the server brought my soup before the bread so that the kids are mad at me because i'm getting my soup and my wife got her salad before the bread came they want their bread they want their bread they drink an entire thing of apple juice they're all over the place they're kicking my son starts taking his shoes off and his socks off at the table to itch his feet my daughter is like banging her head against the table this was absolute chaos and my wife's like i don't understand why you're being grumpy it's like i'm not being grumpy I am literally trying to survive right now. So as we're, you know, as, after we order, we can literally see, there's, mind you, three tables in the restaurant. We're, we're one of them, a couple other old tables. You know, we're watching the server 15 minutes it's had to take her to put in our order. And I, this is no offense to her. Nice young lady, I'm sure, you know. But holy shit, you know. So we're just watching this, you know. And we end up having to go get another, like the manager person to get us some, some freaking small bread that comes with the dinner, comes with it, you know. So we end up, when it's all said and done, you know, we end up spending our $60 on a meal that was absolute chaos. Uh, came home and, you know, during that whole time, oh, let me back up real quick. When we come out of the restaurant, there's not that many cars. Very slow time of day on a Wednesday, right? A car literally parked as close as humanly possible to our car in the parking lot. Nope. Hundreds of spots around it, right? This car is right next to it. My wife can't even really open the door. So my, we all have to get in on my side, on the passenger side, to slide across. <laughs> what? So just on the ride home is where I just had that moment where you just kind of stand back and you're like, I'm not in control. I have to calm myself down. This is some craziness right now that I'm not in control of. So when I came home last night, I literally shut the phone off. You know, we got home at like six. My interview canceled on me. That was supposed to be for today. No, no, no big deal. That's all right. And I passed out at like eight o'clock. I was mentally as exhausted as possible. And I slept like a baby through the night. And I'm up today. Still got the runny nose. But I'm back. I feel better. Went to my email. Answered all the, the garbage that was in from this morning. And carried on my way. So that was yesterday. So... Full moon, retrograde, I'm not 100% sure, but wonkiness out in the universe. And uh, I was definitely a part of it. So, all right. So, a couple, couple little info things. Make sure if you want more inside baseball, digging deep into crowdfunding, sign up for our community. Go to the website, woodshed.agency. In the top right corner, there's a join our community button. You just got to click it, put your email in, and you'll join our Slack channel. Behind the scenes there. We are deep diving into major topics of crowdfunding. Um, uh, we dive even deeper than we do on this podcast. So, so sign up for that if you really want to deep dive and have good conversation on the tools we use, tactics we use, um, just general conversations. Really good stuff going on there. Also, please, if you dig this podcast, send it to more friends. We need to get in the new and noteworthy section on iTunes. That is our goal. So um, we're doing really well. We are up to about 100, uh, 100 listeners per episode, which is awesome. 
we got to keep driving that forward. Let's keep going, guys. Um, so yeah, so subscribe to this, download some episodes, check them out, and share them with a friend. And last but not least, sign up for our newsletter. Yeah, sign up for my five interesting things I see per week. Those go out on Friday. So sign up for that. You'll be getting that stuff. And you can do that through our website. So enough about me. Enough about the craziness of yesterday. Let me kick it to my conversation with Woodshed Agency co-founder Paul Luan and myself discussing social media and Hello, hello. What's up, Mr. Paul Lewan? Hey. You excited to discuss social media? Oh, man. We talk about social media all the time. Well, let's talk about it some more. We'll make it public, you know? Yeah, we can do that. All right. So what would you do if you were not socially media active, like you weren't out there posting consistently, and you were all of a sudden thrown to the fire and you were told you got to do this to be successful in your crowdfunding campaign um here are some steps what would you do first how would you attack this big problem yeah i mean that's an enormous question i think um, that's all, that's what i bring i bring enormous questions i mean if someone's if someone's giving you a roadmap, um I mean, that's your starting point. You've got to fo- you got to follow the, you know, especially somebody who's had success at it, you know? I mean, if they're telling you, you know, do X but not Y, you know, do this but, you know, don't post about politics, you know? Um, uh, you know, that. I mean, that's your starting point, I guess. I mean, you go out and you create your social media accounts. You, uh, you try to find people to follow who are... Uh, people you know who are interesting enough that you want to see their stuff and then you try to be interesting right so is there is there a platform you would attempt to go at first um and 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 maybe also try to imagine that maybe you're sitting there with nothing you know you don't really have photos videos content so so you know what are you doing to kind of kind of get yourself psyched up for it yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, you want to know me personally? Yeah. What I, would you do? Yeah. I, I write in a journal every day and, uh, well, pretty much every day. And a lot of the things that I post to social media are thoughts that I have about life or my, you know, frustrations with, you know, something that I saw while I was out, you know, with my son at the park or, you know, uh, or whatever, you know, I'm out at the, at the park and, you know, I take a photo or, um, you know, something's on my, on my mind that, you know, I saw an argument or I, you know, Mm -hmm. um, something happened at the grocery store. Uh, that's good stuff. I mean, the, the, the thing about social media is that People, people think they want to follow other people for their shared interests. Hey, we both love the Detroit Lions, you know. But ultimately what people want from social media is relationships. And 
And so, uh, you, you know, you can be out there as a huge Detroit Lions fan posting about the Lions all the time, but you've, you've got to leak out, you know, some of your real life because that's what the people following you are really hungry for. And so you gradually leak that stuff out there and that's how you form real relationships. And that's what people really, really want. So, I mean, I write in, you know, I write in my journal every day, lots of, uh, ideas for what I'm going to post about happen, you know, and I've got my phone with me all the time and I take photos. I see something, you know, cool at the store uh, and I post a photo of it. A lot of times success at social media, I think, is, you know, I'm getting to know the people who follow me. And if I know a guy is really into, you know, a certain kind of you know, game or board game or whatever, you know, that, and I see, see one at the store, I snap a photo and say, Hey, have you ever played this? Or, Hey, have you ever, you know, it really is just about building relationships. with people. Yeah. It sounds like too, that you're, you're also at least presenting a platform for somebody to relate with you. So let's just take like, you know, your, the example of, of, you know, taking some photos of your son or something at the park. That's a real, that's a platform at least to have some, something to talk about or to relate to that person with. If there's nothing, Right. Or if you just post, you know, whatever inside baseball stuff all the time, there's it's hard for I think from what I what, what you're saying, and what I believe, too, is it's hard for somebody to come and relate. That's why sometimes there's that fine line of of what do you share personally, even for business or your crowdfunding campaign. But but there is that fine line of showing that sort of maybe it's a human side, you know, um, and, and that's really what people want to gravitate towards is, hey, you're a dude. A chick, you're, you're, you know, you're just like me to some degree. We're fighting the same battle here. I relate to you. I like you. Uh, you know, uh, I'm going to follow you more. I'm going to interact with you. Yeah, that, I mean, it, it's absolutely true. I mean, even, you know, when we do consulting for a crowdfunding client, you know, when we talk about, you know, what needs to happen in their video, you you've got to give your backers a look in your eyes so they can so that they can tell that the so that they can form a personal assessment, you know, of, of who you are. It's like picking who you're going to vote for, for, for president, you know, you, you, you do a gut check, you know, uh, based on, and, and, you know, getting a look at somebody and seeing how they interact and seeing what their values are and seeing what they're all about, you know, what are they, what is their life all about? You know, so much of social media is identity formation. People, taking pictures of them, selfies, out having fun, you know, saying, hey, this is who I am. You know, these are the kinds of friends I have. This is the kind of food we eat. Right. Um, but ultimately, you know, that's all surface level manufacturing mm-hmm. and manufacturing of your identity. You, you, you got to start leaking stuff out so that people form a, a real affinity for you and, uh, that's what people are hungry for. And that's what they back. That's what they, you know, they back your crowdfunding project because they believe in you and they enjoy interacting with you in social media because they can tell that you're creative, inspired, you have aspirations that they relate to. You want the best in life for your kids. You're frustrated about decision-making at work because you care about outcomes and, uh, and the extent that you can do that in a, in a way that shows that you're engaged in life and you're not toxic is the extent that 
you know, you have success at social media. Yeah. So I want to pivot on uh, a phrase you use, the manufacturing of your identity. Um, so I think something that you and I probably don't see 100% eye to eye on, which is okay, is curated content. Because um, it's usually one of the first things that we ask one of our a client that signs on is to start curating stuff that's in your ethos, in your bubble, and start sharing that out. So I think, you know, to me, that's one of what, what I'm describing when I say curated content. I am thinking about starting to manufacture that sort of persona, that sort of identity by using other articles, other videos, other things that you're into. What's your thoughts on curated content? And then maybe I can get into mine and we can kind of see where we, because I, I think you agree with me. We're not 100% eye to eye on that. You know, I think we both respect each other's business on it. But what, what do you see curated content doing for a, a, a client? Yeah, I I think, um, I mean, I, I I agree with you. We don't see totally eye eye to eye on it. I see, I see very limited value in in curated content. I think, um, I think it's it's good to, you know, what it accomplishes for you is it shows off some of the things you're interested in, but. If you're sharing articles without comments associated with them, you know if um, you know if you're if if you're not bringing anything to the reshare, then I think it has very very limited value. It feels like broadcasting. It feels like uh, you know, especially people who are are aligned with you know political ideologies, religious ideologies. Um, you know, business ideologies, they reshare the same kinds of things over and over again. You know, I see the same articles shared multiple times in my stream without the, the individual bringing anything to it. And, Mm -hmm. and so if you never get beyond that, if never people, you know, people never get beyond, you know, Hey, this is, this guy is all about these ideologies. There's no relationship there. There's nothing, you know, so I think it has a, I think it has a small role. If that's the way you're doing it, it has a small role in saying, "Hey, these are the things that I concern myself with." But nobody's nobody's going to back you, you know. Nobody forms a relationship with you, and nobody's going to back you if you're not bringing anything to the reshare with some additional comments, or if you're not actually blogging about it or saying right. something interesting, or, or, you know, going beyond that. So, so that's kind of where, you know, if you just stop at curated content and you have nothing else around it, that's where I agree with you completely, right? Like, there's nothing else around it. But so one of the things that I, I like about it is is um, is there's two parts to it. Is one, I think it's an easy way to at least get into the mindset of actually sharing anything, right? So while I appreciate your journal thing, I think that's a slightly more advanced, you know, um, to kind of start changing somebody's mindset, right? Like. You gotta at least go to face. You gotta at least go to these accounts every day, right? Like, yeah. bare bare minimum, and you gotta literally hit a button that says, you know, retweet, share, whatever it might be. So that's that first sort of step that I always love to, to get a client to do is if you're not doing it consistently every day, is to at least attempt to participate in the conversation, right? You, you know, it, it, first step. The other thing I like to do, and this is something that happens to me quite a bit, because I'm I'm a I, I think I curate a healthy amount of content, Paul. You told me to tone it down a little bit a few times, which I agree with you. But um, but what I like, too, is that when I actually get out into the public, 
it's amazing to me how many people have this opinion of me of, you know, fair, kind of being a really good writer because I, I share a lot of stuff on, on writing, you know, and I, because I, I believe language is important, but I am personally not a very good writer, but people believe that that's sort of my persona. So as I'm sort of building this sort of the Jeff Wenzel persona, you know, I'm an ex, they, they look at me as an expert in the fields that I'm sharing a lot about. So I think when you're thinking about a crowdfunding campaign, so let's just say we have a client that, uh, that's into augmented reality, right? And somebody that we've just onboarded here recently. I vision that we want her to be the absolute expert to anybody in her circle. That if there's something about augmented reality, she's the first person that pops into their brain. You know, so that to get that, I think she has to. It's, it's going to be obviously a combination of a bunch of things. She has to share stuff that other people have uh, contributed to social media. But then to to make it even stronger, to your point, Paul, is that she's got to have the blog on it, be a be a guest on a podcast, you know, uh, write her own comments to an article. You know what I mean? That yeah. you know, that way, she's now solidifying that I am the expert, right? <laughs> that. All things augmented reality are in my bubble, you know? Um, and I think that's where I look at it. Curated content is like the, to me, it's always the start of that process. So, I'm, I'm with you. I think, you know, changing behavior is a, is a challenge for, for people. And yes. <laughs> to, to be able to say, do this simple thing, you know? Go into your feed reader, read a couple of articles, reshare the, reshare the ones you like, is, I mean, that's, you got to get in the mindset of participating in social media and that it absolutely is the starting point. You know, they, um, I know I've seen this sort of hierarchy of what it means to participate in social media, social media. And, you know, the starting level is like consumption, you know, you're, 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 you're not creating anything. You're not sharing anything. You're not whatever, you know, and then the next level is like appreciation, you know, where you're doing, likes, you know, mm-hmm. um, and beyond that is like reshares and, um, you know, finding and sharing new and original stuff and then creating your own stuff. And you sort of work up, you know, and, and, uh, you know, pretty much nobody knows who you are until you at least get to the point where you're sharing article links. Yeah. And, and then, you know, it, it could play out where, you know, somebody's going to comment on that. Hey, I saw this article from somebody else. I know you from high school. What did you think of it? And suddenly you're having a conversation. Right. You got to be prepared for that. Yep. You can't. You can't stop and just hey, I'm sharing the article. Yep. You've so, got to be prepared for the. You know the actual conversation that might happen. Right. So so and I, oh so sorry to cut you off, but Buffer put out a really really good curated content blog post today, very very thorough. That I'm gonna I'll put in the. Um, in the uh, the page, the the podcast page that I'll build for this, um, where they had a they had a graph, um, to, just to your point, where it was like, I think it, I'll have to quote it again I, or read it again, but I think it's like eighty percent of curated content is kind of reading, right? So reading a paragraph, reading the the title, you know. Then it's like ten percent is reading the whole article, and then three percent is thinking I should share this article, and then like the rest of it is like those are the articles I share. So it was like a stand back of like, to, to your point is, it is all about finding this, this way of consuming almost like 100 articles a day, but you're not really consuming them. You know, you're filtering them 
quickly, right through your whatever reader you're using. We use Feedly here at Woodshed. So you're, you know, you're going through it, and you're like, boy, that would work, that could work, that could work. You're really reading a couple articles that really you know, touch home, and those are the ones that you're sharing that you're able to really talk about down the road. So I'm going to share that Buffer article that, that, uh, that, that posted today because I thought it was very, very, very thorough and a good read. Cool. So yeah, sorry I cut you off there. Where were you going on that, that last part of it? Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, to your other point, which was, you know, getting recognized as an expert, you know, on a, on a topic. Yeah, I think that's absolutely key. You know, the, um, one aspect of curated content is, uh, you stay on people's radar Mm -hmm. that, you know, if people are following you because you're an expert on, you know, social media, or if you're an expert on, you know, automotive or cybersecurity or, you know, uh, whatever, you know, as long as you're out there and you're sharing an article, you know, every so often you stay on people's radar. And then when something comes up, you know, when, you know, we're sitting at work and geez, we think we might've had a hacker break into our system. Who are we going to talk to? Man, I know a guy. Right. Yeah, the guy talks about cybersecurity all the time. And, you know, he's on my Twitter feed. I'm going to reach out to him. We'll see if we can sort this thing out. And, uh, and so a, a great, you know, it's like job searching or whatever, you know, a, gr- a great deal of the upside that you're going to get from curated content is you're going to, you know, you stay on people's, you know, in people's minds. You're the person they think of when, uh, when they realize they have a problem at work or with their car or, you know, whatever. So, so after the sort of curated thing that we just can't talk about, how do you get into really customizing your content strategy for your product? What's, in your mind, what are your first steps around that when you're really starting to go, I got to customize my own stuff to start putting out into the market? Yeah. Um, I think I mean, the starting point is commenting. You know, when you do an article reshare um, or when you, you know, uh, or when you comment on other people's, you know, articles, uh, you have to figure out how to get in touch with your thoughts, your expertise. And, you know, honestly, people do have expertise. You might not think you do. You know, you might graduate from college and think, I haven't had enough life experience to have expertise on, you know, enough expertise to write a novel. You know, I haven't had enough life experience to write a novel or whatever. But but the thing is, you do. You've had relationships. You've had, you know, there's universal human experience. And uh, you have to get in touch with your expertise a little bit and, and comment. And it may just be, you know, I mean, you might be commenting on a guitar and say, you know, I really, I really like it. You know, I think the location of the pickups is a little bit wrong, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, right. <clears throat> and uh, you provoke conversation that way by putting yourself out there in some small way about something that you know just a little bit about and people find other people to talk to. Yeah. So, so how about the other kind of problem we have heard? From from uh, from where we stand in our in our business is the overwhelmingness. 
how do you stop from getting so overwhelmed with, I don't know, a thousand different <laughs> channels out there, following, commenting, you know, uh, how, how do you just not get overwhelmed? I think, uh, like, all right, you know me, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, my Facebook presence is minute, you know, <clears throat> Facebook is not my platform. I mean, I do, you know, Facebook ads and I do, you know, I mean, I use it, you know, I use Facebook for the, for the woodshed business, but it's not a social media platform for me. I think you need to, you need to find yourself one or two platforms that work for you, you know? And, and when I look at like Instagram, you know, the people who are having good success on Instagram very often are people who have uh, a brick and mortar shop, you know, they sell tarot cards or they sell, you know, crystals and incense and, you know, or they sell makeup or they, you know, and, you know, stuff that lends itself to, hey, we're having a sale or, hey, we just got this new stuff into the shop or whatever. And they post photos on Instagram and Instagram works really well for them. Uh, you know, historically, Google Plus has worked really well for, you know, for for me. Um, I think, uh you know, I, I, I know people who swear by Twitter. I think Twitter is kind of a declining platform. But uh, for certain kinds of like current events related stuff, Twitter is a is a, a big deal. If your business is enmeshed in current events, it might be Twitter. So I think you you find a platform that works for you and and you, you need to build up, you know, a following yeah. on on one platform or two platforms and and don't worry about getting lost you know elsewhere i think you know a lot of businesses they want you know oh we got to be on twitter or we got to i think you know you have to have a presence on certain platforms so you don't look like your business is dead because people are going to come and look for you but you only really need to be uh successfully active on you know one or two platforms yeah so uh, just to answer my own question here, uh, I like to implement a little bit of automation for, for these things is that I think after a certain point, after you become comfortable you know, with who you are, your, kind of your commenting style, I think there's enough tools with If This Then That and Zapier to, to make you still feel like you have a presence out there without having to truly monitor everything all the time. Um, and, I, and, and the only thing you have to be cautious with this is too much of it. And that's why I, I like to use it in small doses where um, and, and just recently, I just used uh, started using a new tool called Q, and, and that's the letter Q with three U's, uh, .co. And um, they've got a pretty interesting automation thing where they literally are sending out like two tweets on my behalf to a very, very tar- like small targeted audience, right? So I pick who I want to go after, and they find me two tweets, and they share them on my behalf. And, you know, it, it, I, it's, it's happening in the back end. And two tweets a day doesn't feel overwhelming. One's in the morning, one's at night. It doesn't, you know, it's still intermixed with my own tweets or the stuff we're sharing from Woodshed or us personally or my kid's first day at school, whatever it might be. Um, but those tweets inside of there don't look, you know, if I did 12 of those, it would look completely ridiculous, right? It'd be like, you know, come on, this guy's just a, it's just an automation farm or something. But 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 just throwing a little bit in there keeps me, I think, up to the status quo. keeps keeps all these conversations still going and, and helps me not have to create everything. So, yeah, I'm with you on the automation. I think um, 
I think there's definitely if you once you once you get beyond a certain point of participating in social media, a little bit of automation goes a long way. Yeah. You know, even if it's just as you know as simple as, hey, I want to look like I'm active all week, <coughs> but you know, I I don't have a ton of time, you know, because I have custody of my kids over the course of you know the the weekend. So I'm going to sit down on Monday night and schedule out a few things, yeah. you know, and I'm going to use some automation, you know, an automation tool like, you know, Hootsuite or, um, you know, to to schedule some stuff out. You know, a little bit of automation is it goes a long way to yeah. making it doable. So let's tie let's tie this into crowdfunding, which is why we have this podcast. Right. So. So how does this stuff all tie into the ultimate goal of raising capital for your idea or your project through Kickstarter, Indiegogo, whatever? Yeah, so, you know, if you, I mean, we've run a lot of crowdfunding projects. And if there's one thing that's clear, it's that people who succeed at social media succeed at crowdfunding. And and it's, and it's because of, you know, what I said, you know, earlier, you know, people don't, people back projects. They, you know, they want to look in your eyes, people back projects that are by people they believe in. They, and, uh, and so, you know, there, we definitely, you know, talk with people who've had success in crowdfunding who aren't really that present in social media. The guy who did the Today Clock, for instance, um, you know, doesn't have a lot going on in, in social media, but he behaved during his crowdfunding campaign and he all the skills he brought to the table are the skills of someone who would succeed in social media if he were so inclined to, to do so. Mm-hmm. And the um, but for the vast majority of, of everybody else, um, you you've got to you've got to get good at at getting people to believe in you, getting people to to you know see who you are, have people invested in who you are, and then these are the people that you know uh, you know they come out of the woodwork and they they do things to to help your crowdfunding campaign succeed. They write a blog post or they you know they share it with a, a news reporter they know or they you know um, they start tweeting about how excited they are about the thing to their 100,000 backers or their, you know, or to their 100,000 followers. It, um, the, um, they, you know, they say something just as simple as, you know, I've been waiting for this thing for eight months. Yeah. And, and that kind of honesty out in social media turns heads. And so, um, really, I mean, one thing that I always say is, Crowdfunding is the social media of money. It's, um, it you know, it is. Yeah, it, it, it it's, they're so tied hand to hand that I'm always blown away in one of my podcast interviews where somebody just flat out says like, well, I didn't really do much. Because those are, they're anomalies, they're, they're the unicorns. Uh, one of them was like the, the 10 car of fishing. You know, he's just like, I don't know, I didn't do anything on social media. But then you then you get his backstory and you realize for 10 years he was running fishing camps, right? And getting people to sign up old-fashioned way to a piece of paper that he put into a mailing list. So it's like 10 years, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, those are, those are anomalies. But, but when you look at them, too, you just start realizing, again, even with this example here is, 
it came down to he had personal interactions with people, right? He had, you know, he was an expert in his field. So when he opened his mouth about the fishing pole thing that I really don't know about, I took his word for it. He's an expert. He's an expert. When I've talked to other people about it, they know who this guy is. So the, the, that work was done over time, that groundwork. And it's just something I, you just literally can't fake it, right? Like, yeah, there is no way to just all of a sudden say, hmm, I'm an expert on Vikings. Uh, yeah. What? <laughs> you know, there's no proof of that. <laughs> Where? Show me, you know. Uh, and, and whatever, whatever the example is. So, um, you know, there's just no way around it. One way or another, if you're going to succeed in crowdfunding, you have proven that you are worthy to get the, any dollar amount, frankly, uh, to go and produce your idea. Yeah. Do you have any ways of faking it? Do you have any tricks, any, uh, any apps that you can buy to fake it, Paul? Do you, do you, do you? <laughs> You know, to fake it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. There, you know, I think, I think there are clients. You know, I, I think that there are business who, businesses who do succeed. Uh, you know, tra- I mean, traditional business. Yeah. You know, they're not putting their personality out there. They just spend a ton of money on advertising, and you can succeed at crowdfunding by spending a ton of money on advertising. You know. Fifty percent of the amount of the money that you raise on your project, do you want to spend that on, you know, on advertising? Most people don't. Right. Most people want to raise, you know, the money they need to do their project, not, you know, you know, you know, they don't intend on, you know, throwing a whole bunch of their savings at, at, you know, marketing it. So I, I think, you know, other than spending a ton, a ton of money on. Facebook ads and, you know, paid, paid ad placement, you know, I mean, we do a little bit of that for, for our clients because it's so important to, to, you know, get some momentum in a project, but, you know, traditional businesses spend, you know, by a factor of a hundred more, you know, um, so. Yeah. So again, you just kind of hit it at another thing. It's just how much that this, to, to really succeed, it's a 360 effort that you're going to have a little bit of pay-per-clicks, Google AdWords, Facebook ads, whatever it might be. You're going to have to be commenting and be out there publicly on a few networks. You've got to have a strong mailing list. You know, you've just got to have all these things in place to really be, to, to have a better than what, 60% chance of funding, you know? Yeah. You know, you know and, I, and really all we're really trying to do when we consult the client is just move those odds up Farther and farther, you know, instead of it being 60%, we try to get it 75%, 75% because we've got a strong mailing list or whatever. So, you know, outside of, is there one platform that you think works better for crowdfunding than any of the other ones? I mean, I know we, Twitter, we, you know, we're uh, on at the moment, but is there a platform that you think just ultimately is the best to be focused on? For? For, cro- for a crowdfunding campaign? So for, you mean... Not to run the campaign, not Kickstarter no, no, or Indiegogo, no. but to social media wise, a social media platform that you should focus on for your for your campaign. I'll tell you this: it, um, that, I mean, the reason that this podcast is so useful is because, uh, you know, somebody might write an article about how to get your, you know, how to run your crowdfunding campaign. And it, you know, it's quickly out of date. You know, the you know Facebook changes their algorithm. The you know, 
you know, uh, things change. You know, automation on Twitter is through the roof and your stream is full of stuff and you can't be seen, you know, and your individual project, it, it's a lot harder to get attention for it. You know, um, the platforms are changing all the time. Uh, the platform of, you know, you would never say, for instance, try to use live journal these days. <laughs> right, be right. Because, you know, uh, and for certain businesses, you know, maybe Pinterest makes a lot of success. You know, Pinterest it makes a lot of sense. You know, if, if you've got a makeup business, you know, the, de the de demographic on Pinterest is right. The image format on Pinterest is right. It might be your platform. So I do not think that there is any right go-to platform for social media for any individual, you know, project. I think they change all the time. I think Twitter's dying as a platform. Uh, and there are new platforms all the time. You know, MZ is, is going to be out of beta soon, and, and that's going to be interesting. I, um, I think it, you know, I could answer it now, and it'll be different in three months. Right. For me, it was, you know, for my own campaign a few years ago, Google Plus was the platform that I had the best success with. But I know another guy who does the exact same thing, and his platform of choice was Twitter. So, yeah, it... Is there any? Do you think there's any way though to, um, like, how do you find that that channel without spending a ton of time or money on ten different channels to find one? You know, how do you stand back and go like what you just said? <clears throat> I'm going to go to Pinterest. I'm going to go to Twitter, Google Plus. Like, how do you stand back and, and kind of almost audit yourself and your project to know this is where I need to go, or this is where I'm going to put my effort, or can you? Yeah, I that is a that is a difficult, you know, question. I think I mean, we do a ton of, you know, uh, you know, free advice calls to clients. So I guess one way, you know, is you ask us, yeah. what would you do if you know, what would we do if we were, you know, helping you run your project? Uh, I, I think, you know, as a general rule of thumb, you know, the older a platform is, the less useful it's going to be to to your um to your project you know like i mentioned live journal kind of jokingly mm -hmm. you know even even blogging i think um is is falling by the wayside i uh i i think you know t twitter is you know becoming less useful uh, facebook continues to be you know really good if you're willing to pay you know uh to boost your posts I, I think a lot of times um, finding, I think early entrance on social media platforms often find an easier time building an audience. We could talk for probably an hour about this kind of thing. Yeah. But if you're one of the you know early musicians on Patreon, you might have a pretty good thing going right now. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're one of the, you know, if you were one of the first people on you know, I don't know, Reddit or, you know, I mean, the, um, you know, there are opportunities to, to sort of build your, I think MZ is going to be interesting, you know? Um, so I don't know, ask us. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, I, I think that's a good point. And even if it isn't us, I think it really is as simple as asking around, asking your girlfriend, boyfriend, your brother, sisters, what, what do you think? Where do you think this would go? Because they probably have social media accounts. They're probably at least using something. And sometimes you have to get out of your own way and out of your own headspace and just ask, you know? 
you know, we might be able to come back and go, man, I know specifically you're going to be great if you did Twitter ads and spend 300 bucks on Twitter ads and you'll be fine. But even I think if you just get out of your own head, get out of your yeah. way, you know, and ask. So, all right. There's a lot. There's a lot here on social media. huh? We could probably go on, on and on about it, but it's definitely a major, major factor to a campaign. Probably it is the it is it's not even it, just pro, it's the it is the factor, right? It it totally is. Everything everything else you do in a crowdfunding campaign can be very date driven. You can say we're going to have our website looking like this on this date, and we're going to you know very date driven. Social media getting getting yourself to the point where you've got enough social media energy that you feel confident to launch your campaign. That's very sort of metric driven. You know, how many people have signed up for your email newsletter? How much, you know, activity do you have when you post an original thing or a photo or, a, or whatever? Uh, you know, that you have to do a gut check and it can take you, you can say, hey, I'm going to be aggressive about it. But until you sort of find the formula that is creating real engagement uh, and, you know, you you don't necessarily want to launch your campaign until you've got that kind of energy going. Uh, you can't be as date-driven with that kind of stuff. Yep. All right, man. That's enough right. about crowdfunding and uh, social media. Let's, uh, let's uh, continue this conversation at a later date. All right. All right, man. Thanks. Bye. That's with us. So